Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better, ahead of an all-flat card on Saturday's ITV programme that we have to look forward to. And bang, straight away, my camera is starting to fail me. And so an early shout out that I'm going off because no one needs to look at that flickering. It'll bring on your epilepsy. Uh, Barry Orr, Betfair Barry, kindly sent me out a camera because apparently they want to see me in glorious Technicolor. That has failed. And so now it is time for a new laptop. Happy days. Off I go to Curry's. That is the way forward. PC World. I know PC World got taken over, didn't it? Anyway, either way, <laughs> I'm off to buy a new laptop. But the boys have joined me. Thank God. Their webcams are working in full order. TC. You seem distracted. Where are you? What are you doing? Why are you not? Uh, I've got um, I've got a laptop as that works as well as uh, my PC. So I'm uh, all right. You show asking off. Asking on the prices and etc. front, but I'll I'll look straight at the camera now. Thank you, because you know we want to see your beautiful face, TC. Which coming from you? <laughs> Kev, <laughs> come on. How are you? You you're nearly. You nearly won something big last night. Tell the audience, please. Yeah, the, the Marco Hanlon racing quiz, you know, a big event in Ireland, a big event. And we, we made a real bold bid. We finished joint second to a team of, of basically the Frankel of racing quizzes. Um, <laughs> we were only beaten by two points as well. But anyway, anyway, we're learning every year, Vanessa. We will win at some time. We might have to, we might have to nobble the, the Frankel of the racing quiz teams. But, Who's uh, in that Frankel team, please? Just no, interested. Uh, Ryan McElliott, um, Bobby O'Ryan, uh, I suppose, well-known agent, father of Kevin O'Ryan, and Mouse O'Ryan, um, his other son. And, um, oh, Lord, she's a person my brain. Uh-oh. Another genius, another genius, basically. I mean, um, this, is, this is evidence as to why Kevin's team did not win the quiz because uh, memory like this. He, he won the consolation prize, though, the most hair growth in 2022. <laughs> Dan Barber, Genesee. I bet Genesee you. Genesee will get you nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, I bet you're good on a racing quiz, actually. I'm not, actually, no. I'll oh. just snip that in the back. Yeah, no, it's one of those things you. There is it's utterly random bits of racing guff that you remember, but. When I'm put on the spot, I'm absolutely atrocious. I genuinely, like, Kev just asked us a question, then off air. I can't even name who won the Guineas last year, and I'm not even exaggerating yeah. there. I'm going to think <laughs> right. on. Right, come on, quick one. What's, what's the name of the public hill beyond the winning post at Goodwood? Trundle Hill, was it? Yes, Calvin, oh, come on. Well done, TC. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, on that note, let's move on. Let's move on. As I said, we've got an all-flat card on Saturday to preview. Four races from Doncaster and then all other action at Kempton as well. Can't believe it. The flat is properly back now. It's been back in Ireland for a week, but it's back in the UK with a bag. Um, first up, TC, let's head over to you for Weather Watch because Doncaster Racecourse have issued quite the statement in regards to the ground and what to expect on Saturday. We've had a lot of chat all winter about the dreaded grass growth. Growth. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's do that again. The dreaded grass growth. Apparently, it's shit, basically. TC, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've never seen it. <laughs> that helps it grow. I never, um, I've never seen something quite like it. I mean, children were making noises about they were having wasp wolf. Uh, but um yeah nothing like this and they just said it's actually say it's perfectly safe 
It, it must be absolutely terrible. I mean, <laughs> you, you think there's more, um, you think there's more kind of like, you know, hair on Dan's back than there is grass. I'm going to say, there'll be more, more bar patches than you age 16. I know, it's like murder, isn't it? Anyway, <laughs> so it's soft, heavy in places, no grass, another eight mil due to race time on Saturday. So it's going to be heavy. Okay. So heavy with not a lot of grass, basically. Yeah. Um, before we kick off with the Brocklesby guys, have to tell you about Bet 10, Get 10. You know the drill by now. Have a £10 bet on racing multiples. Get a free £10 bet on racing multiples. UK and Irish racing applies. Kevin with the hand movements to help us out there has won, a, has won himself first go at the Brocklesby. Let's kick off, Kev, with you. <laughs> Two-year-old racing to the fore. <laughs> I am here for it in a major way. <laughs> I love the Brocklesby. I just love it as a race itself. Um, obviously, just a whole host of unknowns over the five furlongs, but your betting currently is Valadero for the Dominic French Davis team. Kevin Stott in the saddle for Ammo Racing at two to one. Uh, indication call in there for Carlberg, nine to two. Loaded Gun, nine to two. Equiart, ten to one. Old Chums, ten to one. But obviously, this betting will probably settle, probably change a lot between now and Saturday, I would imagine. We've got a load of fast, precocious types, as you would expect, Kev. Who wins the Brocklesby? How about that for a quick um. question? Yeah, Jesus, who knows? Um, yeah, we, we don't have anything to go on here, essentially. Pedigrees, um, trainers, blah, blah. Dominic French Davis um, wouldn't be a familiar name in Brocklesby's past. Um, but I, I gather he's got a bunch of horses for ammo. And um, we spoke about it the other day. Um, they're, they're The way they operate, they put a big emphasis on um, getting stuck into these two-year-olds really early, like, like January. <laughs> they, they, they tend to have a good idea uh, of what they're dealing with. And um, like the fella that won um, on the opening day at the Curra, um, this fella has way more pedigree and a bigger price tag than one would expect from a horse running in this race. Um, he costs quarter of a million as a yearling. Uh, by Star Spangled, out of a mare, by Intense Focus that Jim Bulger trained. Um, intense Focus would be one of those sires that you'd, you'd always pay extra attention to when the ground is soft. Um, and you can be sure he'll be ready to go. There's already been market support for him. He's a dead obvious one. Um, but look, we, you, you can talk yourself around in circles here. The market will guide you better than we'll be able to. Um, and also give a token mention to the to the zebra man, Bill Turner, who is, you know, now we're kind of talking about end of bulger winning the cross-country race here. Like he used, he used to always be a great man for having his two-year-olds revved up very early. Um, but maybe not so much in recent years. So his representative here is going to be a 20 to 1 plus shot. But um, we'll give him a mention because uh, he rides zebras and, uh, you know, who can't not like that? Just no a ca quick calculation there. You can get 166 no sinners for the cost of one Valadero. 1,500 <laughs> quid as a whole versus 250 grand as a yearling. Very good, Dan. Very right. good. The, the name applies to you. You're no sinner, are you? You can go next. Yeah, I think I'm a very straight-laced person, yeah. I I'm remember last year with this. It was similar, wasn't it? Persian Force was that one who just stood yeah. out a mile. Ammo racing, a trainer with a record in two-year-old races. And well, Dominic French-Davis doesn't have that, but you sort of feel like he's probably more tenant than, than, than landlord, isn't he? And I'm sure that it's... A lot of the prep might have been done with. Is it Nelson, the Brazilian guy? Who does a lot um, of the prep? Rob, Robson Aguar. Robson, yeah. Um, 
But I do like the pedigree of loaded gun as an alternative. It'll be a bigger price. And it's not like Balding can't get one ready. Magna Grish has already been responsible yes. for the first two-year-old winner of the season in Ireland <laughs> last weekend. The dark, in, France. He's a, in France. Yeah, and he's a, it was Amy Murphy's horse, wasn't it? And he's a half-brother to another Bertie. We know he's a really swift horse. So there's loads of pace in his pedigree. And whilst Valadera, I'm sure, will be sharp as anything, on the damn side, you'd say there's a bit more stamina there than you get out of a conventional Brocklesby winner. So they're drawn next to each other. Uh, one's going to be a bigger price. I'm going with Balding over French Davis. Okay. Loaded gun it is at 9-2 currently on the Sportsbook for Dan Barber. Over to TC for the Brocklesby. Yeah, it's it's weird this MO racing, isn't it? Now it's a good good that you know they're spraying horses around to a lot of trainers, but Dominic French Davis is a weird one to send two year olds to. He's got no record with juveniles of note yet. At the five day stage, French Davis and MO racing had three in here. Yeah. Three hundred grand. One was 150 grand, and this one was 250 grand, isn't it? So they're obviously targeting this race. So you've got to you've got to uh, respect Valadero for that, but no, it's not a race I'll be having a bet in, but I did think, and he's 33s with the sportsbook, and I think there's some 40s knock around elsewhere. I thought Charged Up was quite interesting. Ollie Pears has, has got hold of a decent horse here. I mean, it's not ammo racing money, but for him to go to 32 grand to get hold of Charged Up last year is quite a big money for him, I would have thought. And uh, he's by expert eye out of a mare who ran on soft ground once uh, and won the Radley Stakes at Newbury for... Marco Botti. So on breeding, uh, that charged up's quite interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, 18 runner, two year olds, unraced. Not for you, TC. Just about let's winners, stick, even money last year. With you then, um, <laughs> let's stick with you, TC, for the spring mile, which we'll move on to next. The 225 over, of course, mile at Doncaster. Um, mm. Arthur's Dream, top of the market at seven to one. Baltimore boy in here, Michael Bell, seven to one. Broken Spear, Billy the Kid at eight to one. Uh, Isla Kai for Nigel Tinkler in there. Dirty Old Town in there at nines. Didn't really progress on for what he did as a juvenile. Those are the top few in the market, but as the betting suggests, it is incredibly open. Yeah. Um, yeah, the pace in here, I'd want to be middle to low. There is, uh, there are, there is some pace a bit higher, but I think the concentration is, like I said, middle to middle to low. Um, yeah, I like, I've backed two in the race. I backed Titian. Um, I think in these conditions, you know, there is an argument for saying you want a horse that stays a lot further than a mile, and Titian certainly does that. Uh, two good runs on the all-weather. Well, one better than the other of late, so he is fit. He definitely stays further because he went over an extended mile to at York. Um uh, in no in October, he's only three pound higher here. And interesting, go back to the when he was used to be trained by William Haggis. He actually won over a mile or two here in soft ground, um, and he also ran a good race at this track uh, when with that trainer as well. So I thought Titian was quite interesting. Uh, price is fourteens with the sports book. I'll be looking to back him win only on the exchange. I think you'll get at least twenties given the profile of the horse. Um, and Dirty uh, Old Town in first time blink, uh, blinkers is my other bet. I'll unbeck oh, yeah. both win only on exchange. Um, he's very, he's different to uh, Titian in that I'm not sure the combination of a mile in heavy ground is going to be ideal for him, but he has got form on over a mile. He has got form on testing ground. I just hope he sees it out. I don't know why they put blinkers on him because even though he's been beaten in a couple of close finishes, 
he looks he looks straight enough. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you go back to his first run last season, he was a close second at Musselburgh over a mile. And that was an in third and fourth. He had two next time out wide margin winners in uh, in one of those was Atrium, who might come to in the Lincoln as well. So that's a good run. And he bumped into one of these Godolphin horses who the first time Hegear, where they got a brilliant record when uh, when second over uh, seven furlongs here in uh, in the autumn. So yeah, I think Dirty Old Town's very interesting and Titian there for different reasons. Uh, so yeah, I'll I'll be dutching those when only on the exchange and. Uh, I'll be looking for 12s and upwards, Dirty Old Town, and 20 to 1 plus on Titian. Yeah, can see, I, I like Dirty Old Town in this race, so pleased to see that somebody is on my side. Kev, you're smiling away. Go on. <sighs> oh, I was I was anticipating some dutchery from Dan there with mention of dutching, but he didn't oh. deliver. He didn't pick up. You got Dutch decoy in this race as well. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. He didn't Go pick on, up. Kev. Anyway, we, we, we live in hope. Um, <laughs> Baltimore boy for me. Um, I think okay. he's the best handicapped horse in the race. Um, I, I dare suspect look at different sort of profile. Now look when conditions are testing, sometimes the 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 hardier, um, more exposed ones that have come down in the weights can often be the way to go, but I'm going a different direction here. Um, he shaped particularly well at Ascot against a few of the aforementioned old boys. The race was was won by Raising Sand, um, absolute hero who, who runs in this car too. Um, but Baltimore boy shaped particularly well, came from, you know, a, a fair way back compared to the others that were stuck in the finish and um, ran on to finish second, escaped a rise for that. Um, I don't, that was his first go on turf. You know, there was a little bit of an ease in it. It'd be much more of an ease here, but I, I'm hoping he'll be fine looking at the way he moves. Um, I think he's in the right part of the track and like there's surely more to come. Um, Michael Bell, one would hope he'll have him, you know, quite well fired up for this. Um, with, with a horse with his profile, you'd like to think that that he will be. And yeah, Baltimore boy, I thought he was pretty reasonable there around the, the seven eight to one shot. Yeah, seven to one with the sports book currently. And over to you, Dan. Well, I could be having a very bad bet here, but someone put me off warning sign at 33s. I mean, it's not that hard to put me off. It's first time out. It's it's ridden by Annie Gibson, who's had a couple of winners, but You'd imagine if this was D-Day, they'd be enlisting a more high a more high profile jockey. But um loads of form in the mud in France, including a win. Two runs in Britain where not beaten far, beating under six lengths on both of them on quicker ground at a mile. So perhaps the test was inadequate. This should place more emphasis on stamina at the trip. Got some day I'd start a look back into previous runnings of this race, and I'll do it later for the Lincoln run heavy ground. Last one was in 2018 when Time Farm called it heavy, and only two of the first eight were in double figures. Um, the other six involved in the finish were drawn low, and there's a similar uh, lean in, in the Lincoln later on. And warning signs in four, and I thought, as Tony's saying, the pace is more middle to low as well, with the likes of Isla Kai likely to force it and Lion Tower 12 not too far away. So it could be a shocking bet, could go off 66s and be never near or never involved, but I thought warning sign had more going for him than 33s potentially. Okay, big swing. Wow. I didn't think you were going to go that way, but great. Love that. And wouldn't put anyone off at 33s. How could you? Let's Obviously, I've been watching so much flat race. I've I forgot to ask you my Brocklesby question. Oh. Go on, go on then. Um, we should have mentioned Betfair of five places in that last, uh, the spring mile. Um but I had looked at that Brocklesby and something was troubling me. 
Why aren't the claimers allowed to claim in the race? Oh, is it class two now? Does no. that really help? Yeah, it's cla- class two now. Yeah, is it? Because hmm. I was looking at Billy Lockner and I think, why isn't he allowed to claim? I just thought yeah. I'd never, I'd never noticed it before. Yeah, Taylor Fisher as well. Yeah. Tell the picture, our old pal, the only one who's named after two professions. <laughs> oh, good dance. So good. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that seems unnecessary, but yeah, class two. No claim. Yeah, it was right. like, just, just, I was looking at him thinking, I couldn't work it out, but obviously I, I didn't clock onto the class two. But Lockney might go. have ridden out his claim, to be fair. No, no, no. He's about that's 15 it. winners a day, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He, was, yeah. he, was, he won a 20 to 1 winner. Yeah. Uh, the other day, uh, we're claiming five, yeah. Right, that- guys, let's yeah, move on. Going. Let's move on. Cam is trophy time over the six furlongs next race. Oh, yes. Um, Come on. El Cabale is up at the top of the market for Clifford Lee and Carl Burke off the track a very long time. Five to two market leader currently. Comanche Falls for the Michael Dodds team. Connor Beasley next best at fours. Ashjan in there for James Horton at sixes. Kings Lynn for Andrew Balding in there. Uh, next best at five to one as well. And then Eras, this podcast favorite horse. Who got stuck <laughs> into that ride? Is it Calvin? Calvin. Calvin? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. by Jim Howler. He's been, ge- he's been gelded since last scene, and I don't mean yeah. Crowley. Are you, um, Ooh, are you having? Yes, I mean, I thought you got to him. Take <laughs> <laughs> uh, hand, Dan. Oh, no, 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 he's Jim dead Crowley, as well. Jim oh, no, Crowley no, no. was actually on Sky Sports Racing today doing an interview speaking very highly of Eras, and it made me think of this podcast. So uh, take it away to you, see Biggest bet of the day on, on the Shadwell horse here? No, I found... <laughs> I thought El Caballo was the most interest. Well, I thought he's the most likely winner, but he's priced up accordingly, isn't he? Five mm. to two. And the reason why I like he's not only got the best form, um, but I also think he's he's I couldn't see much other pace in the race. So I think he might get an un, uncontested lead, but no, I w I'm not playing at I'm not playing at that price in a race that's this trappy. There's others that are probably more suited to the so, you know, to the grounds uh, than Eras and El Caballo, but no, I thought I thought he was the most likely winner, but I wouldn't go anywhere near him at five to two. I'd probably want yeah. him fours. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Like, like I think less so than the handicaps. Like you, you can take it almost for not quite for granted, but almost that you know the fancied ones, the big handicaps, will have had this in mind for quite some time. Whereas with these sprinters. You know, the, I'd say the vast majority of these are using this as a stepping stone. You know, and if it happens, it happens. So it's kind of harder to be confident that the, the market will guide. But um, El, El Caballo is a horse I really like as well. Um, season cut short last time around. He had a bit of an injury, I believe. Um, but I'd say getting back on soft ground will be will be a big help to him. Tactically, the race could go his way. Um, and you'd like to think he'd be sharp enough. But again, like TC says, he, he's short enough. And in a race of this profile now, it's it's probably one to to thread a bit carefully around. Threading carefully, Dan. Is that how you're playing this race as well? No, I don't. Are we sure El Caballo's the first string? Because fast Ooh. response was mustered towards the end of last season. There was a recurring theme, mainly Doncaster on bottomless ground. Um, his last performance, maybe you don't want to take it at face value because it's end of year form, but. That doesn't have him that far behind El Caballo. He's not got the really long absence to overcome. 
do think suitability conditions. Also, it strikes me that this would be a better opportunity for fast response than El Caballo. You think El Caballo might have designs on bigger races than a listed price first time out, whereas fast response they might view it, particularly conditions, so much in his in her favour as a race they wanted to be getting a revved up for first time out. I thought she was most interested in the race. Really like her. She's a quick horse, but stays very strongly at the trip, as as that would suggest, given all the form in the mud. Comanche Falls, just a note. Dodsy's had a few placed, and he's got a brilliant record, fresh Comanche Falls, but I don't think he's had a winner in 2023 yet, um, which would wow. just be a bit surprising. You'd expect him to have had a few over the weather. That wow, is okay. a factual fact, and only, um, only eight places and 32 runners. Just as a side note, James Horton's got a runner in here. Did you see the video footage of John Dance's new face yeah. on yeah. Twitter? Like, my yeah, well, God, what an investment. With, with Maria, with Maria Ryan narrating, a good Tipperary woman. Um, yeah, 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 it, yeah. It, it, it looks very well now. Like, geez, fair play to anyone that undertakes a project like that. It's worth watching the video because, geez, I have not done a small bit of kind of renovating and converting here. Like, oh my God, it's some, it's, it's, it's a fair undertaking and on that scale, unreal. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, okay, should we move on to Lincoln, guys? Let's move on. Come on. Uh, Time for the Lincoln, the 3.35 at Doncaster. And Alma Beer is your market leader for the William Haggis Yard at 7-2. to two. Awal is next best at 5s. Juanis in there at 9-1. to one. Baradar in there at 8. Uh, Atrium in there at 9s as well. I mean, I haven't done a deep dive into this, but again, check Sky Sports out for being very on it. William Haggis on. Was pleased with this horse's draw, apparently. Kevin, would you can you concur those thoughts? If you were Alma Beer supporter, would you be pleased with his draw? Well, look, Midlish gives you some options, doesn't it? <laughs> so at least you're not um, at least you're not you're not stuck one way or the other. Um, I, I never like to be too bullish about it in the Lincoln, especially when the ground is testing. But a middle a middle draw makes me feel a little bit better, and okay. um, my selection has a middle draw. Um, Atrium, Charlie Fellows. I, I thought this fellow would be shorter. I thought he'd. I thought think he's a very appealing profile. I know he's not quite as unexposed as some of these now, but he started from a, a kind of a mid-range base and kind of marched up the ranks there last year. And um, I, I thought he was quite good winning over course and distance. You know, beating a horse I like um, in Empire State of Mind, who we see here as well. Um, I thought he got on top of him quite well in the style of one that will kind of drive on again. He's four pounds higher and Charlie Fellows, in fairness to him now, he, I, I have him down as like quite a good target trainer. And for a horse to win that race at Doncaster in September, like it would be a very natural thing to say to yourself, you know, 10 minutes after they cross the line, right, you're a Lincoln horse and I'm going to have the revs up to the max for that. Um, you know, rated more than high enough that he was guaranteed a run, etc. So I wouldn't be surprised that this is if this is the big the big goal for him. And like, I was certainly expecting him to be a single figure price. So tens or elevens is, um, is perfectly acceptable. If you'll indulge me, I'll just rattle through a couple of much bigger prices. Cause so I know Go some on. people like that sort of thing for this type of race. I wouldn't rule out my old pal Boardman. Um, I know there might be a question that a mile on this ground might be a little bit stiffer test than ideal. 
but I, I thought he shaped really well at, at Wolverhampton first time back, you know, to me, like a pretty blatant prep race for this. So I, I wouldn't like to rule him out completely. Safe voyage. I know he's a hundred years old, but um, he oh. like shaped really well the last time we saw him in the Balmoral, like which is as, as compared to the handicap chases you get again, like maybe his very best is over seven, but I think at this hour of his life, um, he should be just fine at the mile. He's a million to one and, and he's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ran well. Um, and I'll give you one more. Um, Toshizu, who is a horse that Joseph trained and he, he changed hands for small money, went to Roger Fell. The, the reason he was small money is that um, like, like he has more problems than a small hospital. Um, very mm-hmm. talented. Like has all, all always worked like like a horse that would win a, like a very nice handicap and possibly be a stakes horse, but he was just very difficult to, to keep right. And like if Joseph's struggling to keep him right up that hill, like you know you you know, you know your problems. So um, fair play to Roger Fell for getting him to this big target course and distance would suit him really well. Um, he's handicapped to win. Um, I'd take my hat off to him if he can pull it off, but the horse definitely has the ability to do so. And if Roger has him has him booming. You know, he could run very well. Okay, at a big price as well. Um, well up at around 25 to 1. Uh, over to you, Dan Barber, for the Lincoln. Yeah, when I saw Potemps were sponsoring, I was looking for an Irish horse that hadn't been off all season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm going to go for... Uh, I'm going to go for an old pal. I still think, even though he's top weight, migration's interesting. Just to address a few of the others, I'm sure it's, a big, it's the biggest race of the weekend. I mean, this a while is obviously very interesting, isn't he? One in the mud at red car in good fashion. Him and Almavir have got form with each other. Um, just for that Lincoln start, it was last 2018 heavy ground. It was six of the first nine were drawn in single figures, and the two in two of the three in double figures were in ten and eleven. So I don't know. It's just I'm just putting it out there. I'm not saying it's prescriptive as such. But go back to migration. I mean. He's also always had loads of ability. He's got a really good record fresh. One run on soft ground was at Goodwood when I remember putting him up that day in the early days of the pod and not much went right, but he switched out and came with a late surge. Benoit's on for the first time, so we've got a £3 claim on a jockey who's basically fully fledged. So he's off 104, and horses have won the Lincoln off that sort of mark, and also won the Lincoln off that mark, who don't have his quality. And it looks, looking at the entries, because Manusier runs um, several others this weekend, that this might be the weekend he's been targeting all along. He's been very quiet during the winter, barely had a runner. Uh, migration, therefore, in the Lincoln, please. Okay, migration for Dan, case made. And finally, TC, you've surely gone on a deep dive into this. Tell us what yeah. wins the Lincoln. The horse, and it's nothing to do with me. The horse I um, I had back this morning um, elsewhere has just been cut from forties to thirty threes with the sports book, um, and I really like this horse. Uh, and it is Yanifer, uh, and I think the thirty threes is still a very very good price. I mean, this horse last year really progressive, um, went from a mark of seventy one to ninety two, and um, you know, it's even though I'm a slight again, I'm slightly worried about the stamina on the ground. But, you know, he was really impressive on his final start at Catrick last season. That was on officially soft ground. Uh, really strong at the finish over seven furlongs. But a time form actually called that ground heavy that day. So that, that's a positive. And I, I'm taking a big positive out his run at Wolverhampton uh, on his comeback. 
Now he went off at 66s there, and I think he went off about well, I know same race as Boardman, wasn't it? Yeah, he went off um, an S bet for SP of 186.66 recurring, uh, judging from the time from the site. So obviously, he wasn't fancied there at all. And he was drawn 13. The jockey pulled out and switched him immediately inside. He pulled like a train for the first two furlongs. Once he got him settled, he went to the outside. So he gave the outside to nobody. And he was still only beating five lengths there. Clearly not fancied. Um, I think a reversion to more prominent tactics uh, will suit in this race. I can only see three or four forward, uh, forward goers in here. So I think if you, I think you, it might be well uh, a good idea to be forward positioned here. I just think, given the progression last season, given the form in the ground, and he's also uh, when he's when he was going through the ranks last season, he also won at this track as well. So I do like course form here as well. So providing he can last home. Uh, over a mile it's just wildly overpriced isn't it um okay. i really really like i said um i'll like i said i have backed him at 40s and 50s um on thursday morning first like early thursday afternoon and i will take that 33s as well i yeah i can see him going off 20 to one shot i mean he like i said he hasn't he, not from a sexy stable and etc but yeah i think he's got a load going for him i thought there was a really promising comeback at wolverhampton Okay, big price swings in Lincoln then, and rightly so. Let's move over to the Kempton card, onto the all-weather, and we kick off there with a listed race at 2.05 over the 10 furlongs. And Kev, I feel really sorry for Secret State, who's currently 11 to 8 at the top of the market. This horse had a really progressive profile last year, was going places, things were all going well, and then basically one bad run, and they've given him the chop. Newly yeah. dated, a son of Jacqueline Quest out of Dubawi. You don't chop those sort of horses without really thinking about it. Well, they do. Uh, like, like they've, <laughs> yeah, they've been uh, not yeah. no, serious yeah. point. Like they've they've been like Charlie. I, I think is, is the driver of it. Like he's particularly aggressive with the with the old chopping board when it comes to gelding them. <laughs> um, like, geez, they've gel they've gelded some proper like like horses. I would definitely have found a place at stud. Um, somewhere, if not local, certainly somewhere not so local. But um, like I really like this horse, Jeezy. It was hard yeah. not to like him through last season. Like like I thought after he won that that good handicap with Glorious Goodwood, like I thought like this this is kind of a sneaky one for the St. Ledger. Um, because to me, like he won apologizing that day. He was he was bone idle and drifted off to his left and um was you know surging away at the line. Um, he in fair, you know, I thought they gave him a funny ride in the in the Voltager. I I, I didn't expect them to ride him so quietly, um, but that's what they did. And he finished second to Dubai Legend. And, and like you say, something must have went wrong because he had he had a wind up and then he disappointed. And then they gelded him. So that like, there's a couple of red flags after flying up there, and they're starting the mac over ten furlongs. Um, I I'd imagine no one TC he'll be jumping and lapping to take him on because he, he he makes the market. You'd, you'd love an additional runner ideally. But uh, we can't have everything. But we, we do have a uh, we do have a vulnerable fav there, surely. And um, the one I was inclined to take him on with was um, Fox's Tales, who isn't a straightforward soldier himself now. Um, but he also got the insert cliche crudest cut um, prior to his comeback, and I thought he shaped really well in Lingfield. Um, you know, Farm has got a bit of a bit of an nudge with Lord North going and winning in Dubai again. But Fox's Tales came from a, a rough position, really. You know, further back than ideal, wider than ideal, came home well. Um, you know, frustrating on the day if you backed him, but in, the, in this greater scheme of things, you know, a pretty likable comeback. 
Um, lower draw today, hopefully, will sit a little bit closer. Um, yeah, I know they always tend to ride with a bit of patience, but hopefully a little bit a little bit less patience. <laughs> and I think he'd be capable of going very well. I think he's a certainly faster horse than Secret State. Um, and uh, if I get my pronunciation right, um, Terhinian C, you know, he'd yeah. be slightly, I know he finished in front of Fox's Tales last time, but he, there's a possibility he might be better at a shade shorter. Um, so to me, it adds up to, to go with Fox's Tales. Um, he looked a bit of a rogue at times, but um, we haven't seen loads of him without the wedding tackle. And I, I'm hoping he just might be a little bit more straightforward now. And this would be a good opportunity for him to show it. Yeah, he managed to go all of last season without winning one, despite looking well able multiple times. It's just, as Kev says, doesn't always look the most straightforward, Fox's tails. Um, Kev says, you'll be pleased, you'll be wanting to take the market leader on here, TC. I, is he right? I was actually looking to get with him. Um, oh. before- <laughs> No, 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 before I saw the prices, because um, <laughs> even though they were negative, I thought I thought you might get a bigger odds about it because of those doubts. But um, I was also looking to get with him because I couldn't see much pace in this race. And I, although the you know the aggressive tactics didn't work out last time, I thought over over this kind of trip, forcing tactics definitely the class angle of the race. And uh, you know, I I thought there was some mind. I thought there could be some mileage in him, but. 11 to 8, no thank you. Um, uh, like I said, I, I think he's by far the most talented horse in the race, but given the, the doubts that Kevin's expressed and they're all valid, uh, you'd want a lot more than 11 to 8. I mean, I, I, you know, I always try to have a price in my head before I look at the prices, and I was thinking 9 to 4, uh, but so I'm not playing, I'm not playing sub 2 to 1. Can I give you one more little concern as well? Um, if you are of a mind that he, that he could push forward or could might want to push forward, he's drawn seven or seven. And look, I've had a thing for years. I, pr- I probably watch starts um, a bit more sadly closely than most. And like there is a thing there that when you're in the widest stall, like your, your likelihood of being a bit slowly away is, is greatly raised. Like they tend to be a bit slow. And oh, jockeys just after getting a kick on racing TV in the prairie. That's a shocker. Um, sorry, um, they, they, they can often miss be, be a little bit slow to start and um, kind of veer away from the other horses. Uh, I'm not sure why it's a behavioral thing, but um, okay. even if they want to go forward, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of missed it maybe a length or a length and a half. And he might still get to the front, but he just have to use more petrol to get there. So another means to take to give him uh, to take him on. Well, Dan, are you are you taking him on? Yeah, like I am. Price? Yeah, I mean, most of the stables, it'd have the look of a prep race, wouldn't it? Man and a quarter, first run on polytrack, bigger targets head for the season. They don't tend to deal in the realms of prep races, admittedly. But at that price, certainly I can I can let him win. I'm going to back two in the race. Bellocchio, who's unbeaten on poly, and this is another minutiae angle. He did it first time out at Kempton last season over course and distance as well. And Phantom Flight here at the current price, 8-1, to one, I think is the most overpriced in the race. I mean, he went off 10-11 to 11 for a listed race, so the same grade of race, air on his final out in a much bigger field. He's, prior to that, he, he completely lagged up in that York handicap. He won by five lengths off a mark of 98. He's definitely a listed calibre horse. We mentioned that a couple, like the Manusier's had a very quiet winter. Horton's not had many runners, but I think his last three have been first, second or third. And as you've referenced earlier in the podcast, you and Kev, he's 
it's sort of a big season, isn't it? He's um, he did well last season. Yeah. There's a lot of investment behind him. I don't think he'll be wanting to waste runs with the horse who came to hand early in his first year. So yeah, I I'm very surprised that he's priced up at eight to one. I'd have him half that. Okay, let's kick on to the 240 at Kempton. Uh, this is the handicap over the mile. It's a series qualifier. Naval Commander, your four to one favourite. Al Marmar in there for Andrew Balding, nine to two million. Thanks, Kevin Philip Hart, the four in nine to two. Brains, the old boy for John Butler at six to one. Stately Home in there, 13 to two. Dan, we'll kick off with you. Uh, where did you land in this? Uh, it's a couple. I have no strong view whatsoever, but a couple of angle guesses that Al Marmar has first-time cheek pieces and first-time Asheen Murphy, and he's got polytrack form as well. Now, he didn't fire at Newcastle on his return when better was expected, um, but not but not beaten very far, and maybe the run of the race didn't work out in his favour. He's now got a spin behind him, and the, the one-pound drops neither here nor there, but I did think Asheen and cheek pieces might add an edge to a horse in a race where I think most of these are you throw it up in the air and you might get a different result every time because it's it's full of familiar faces who probably don't have a great deal in hand. Okay, not a strong view then from Dan, but a few angles there. What about UTC? Is this a, is this a race you had a strong betting view in? Again, I was really looking to get with Al Marmar here um, for the reasons, a lot of the reasons that uh, that Dan said. You know, it's but you know. Nine to two, second favourite in this race, and that and that price is across the industry. I mean, I literally was hoping for at least eight to one, given that given that Newcastle one, and given that he is a tricky horse. Um, you know, he definitely was a Murphy good. factor at play in it. TC, basically mm. everything he's riding at the minute. Is he? Yeah, maybe artificially short. He just seems to be riding a load of horses that are towards the forefront of the, of the betting. Because well, I, mean, like, I, I couldn't be having him at night too. I mean, I think he has got the talent to win this. I mean, on a number of occasions, he's looked like a better than an uh, eighty-nine rated horse. He's related to a lot of good horses. Perhaps a headgear will, will will make him fire. And yeah, he, he has got a nice draw and fire because brains and. Um, and there's another horse in his stockpile are likely to go forward. If, if Murphy can anchor him in in infernal four from stall five and, and keep him interested, then he could well just dance up here. But given that Newcastle, it might have been a prep race for this, but given the Newcastle run and given the doubts, and he has flattered to deceive before, uh, I honestly would. I wouldn't go near him at, at less than eight to one. He might he might be a drifter. He might be that price on the on, on exchange on the date, in, in which case I'll back him. But Nine to two, even with the extra place for for each way purposes, it's a it's a no from me at the current odds. <laughs> it's a no from TC. What's a yes from you, Kev? Just quickly on that, he's had ninety nine rides since he came back. Only fourteen have been ten to one or bigger. He's had eighty five that have it's... been single figures. That may be that may just I've just worked that out quickly. I mean, that may not even be that compelling as that, but it feels that eighty five horses are going off at single figure prices. He's not even a very good jockey. Oh, oh, wow, wow, wow. Come on, Kev. <laughs> um, stately home will do for me. I um, love a stately like, home. You absolutely you do, yeah. You own one. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, don't be ridiculous. I own more than one. <laughs> yes, I, I like the setup of the race for him. He's going to sit handy, drawn forward, thinking tough behind the likely pace. Um, like his profile, he was, he was formerly trained over here. And look, I think he looked in great shape making the winner return over C and D. 
And look, it wasn't a race that set me alight now, but I thought he was very, very solid. And if he was out of the frame, you'd be quite upset uh, for Joanna Mason, who who I quite like as a rider. Lovely. Right, let's move on. Last race then, the 3.15 at Kempton. Was that your yeah. northern? Was that your northern uh, voice? I was just trying to make myself more relatable, TC, but you clocked it and you laughed at <laughs> it anyway. Let's move on. Ashley <laughs> uh, <laughs> Murphy in the saddle again <laughs> on the favourite. Uh, that's that's the, t- that's the title of the podcast. Sorted out, Barry. Relatable Vanessa. <laughs> relatable Vanessa, always being relatable. Um, Actually, I've got a very funny video I'm going to send you boys on the group after this. You're going to get a laugh out of that. Three... Why, 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 are we, why are we doing trod tenors of poor people, was it? <laughs> no, she can right. relate to Northerners because she's trod on quite a few down the years. Yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. Louise, right. Come on, let's wrap this up. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, Dan. This I'm used is to it. the staying <laughs> handicap. It's the staying handicap. Aztec Empire. Seven to four, Ashim Murphy in the saddle for uh, Andrew Balding, sort of very lightly race type. He really seems to have got his act together of late. And it's that man again, Dan, uh, on Ashim Murphy on a very short price yeah. race, but the most likely winner here. Yeah, I'm struggling to oppose him. He's the youngest yeah. horse in the race. He's got a six pound rise, which is same, almost the same as Duty of Care got, but he was he's beaten a quality operator of yesteryear in withhold. He went off eleven to ten. I wouldn't be at all surprised if that current price you just mentioned, Vanessa, goes shorter still. Um, he just looks like he's on his way to Patton Company, doesn't he, the way he's improving? And if that's the case, he should be taking care of a few of a few fading lights, the likes of maybe Sleeping Lion, Bandanelli. Okay. On his, is he a horse on his way to Patton Company, Kev? Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I would, actually. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I like this horse. I thought he was very good last time. Um, look, he's got a, he's got a big pedigree, etc. And did you know that since Oshin Murphy's come back, he's ridden ninety odd horses, and I think only fourteen of them have, have been bigger than ten to one. So I, I think he's um, I think he, he's you know Oshin's clearly in great form, and uh, he he might have another winner here. Um, love this horse's pedigree. He's by Sea to Stars. He's from the family of Asimore, who popped up in the quiz last night, Vanessa, because Asimore won the Prince of Wales, the Stakes, and the King George. But at what tracks? York. York. And Sandown. Three, two, one. Newbury. Ah, very good. (laughs) Uh, We got that one too. Um, Yeah, I like like this horse. Um, I think he's going to progress and this looks a good opportunity for him to get a nice cheap rise in his rating um, without too much fuss, hopefully. Right, well, this is all very straightforward for this race, TC. Are you are you in agreement with the boys? No, no, but in this race, but if I was going to, I thought Bandanelli was a good alternative at four to one, just two pounds higher than winning the race last year. Goes well fresh. I thought he was probably the most likely leader. Um, so yeah, I'd rather take Bandanelli over the favourite, but uh, not enough to have me uh, parting with right. my cash. All right, then. Well, should we do naps? Naps, naps, naps. I had a winning nap. Not sure I'm allowed to brag about it if it's Equinox on the flat in Dubai. Pretty depressing. <laughs> like pissing into the sea, that, Vanessa, the hole that you're in. I, I, had a, I had a bad value winning nap with Bonto. I thought it drift and it bloody kept on short. Oh, yeah, 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 you did, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with the Antipos favourite, Almadir, in the Lincoln for William Haggis to do the Link- Irish-English Lincoln double, please. So that is my nap of Saturday. 
Um, Kevin, you're grimacing like you're trying to go to the toilet. So I'm going to go to Dan Barber. Mm. Okay, it's, it's incontinent. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> it is something you've flagged up in the past, TC. Come on, Dan, what's your that? Um, I'm going to contradict myself because I'm worried that he probably he might go off a bit short on seven to four, but taken at face value seven to four, I think Aztec Empire is not a bad price. Oh, right. Okay. And TC, you can go next. Nat, please. Um, it was going to be Yanifer, but by the time you're going to hear this, I'll, I'm going to smash it into five to one favouritism. <laughs> so I'm in a Dutch dirty oh. old town petition in the spring mile. Wow. Okay. Big shed of selection, Stoney. Boom! Yes. 101 landed. 101 landed. Right, go on then, Kev. Is that your you best Grant Chura impression? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I assume we're back to zeros in the next competition, are we, for the flat season? Oh, I've, I've won it again. Right? I've won it again. That, that, that would Kev, be I think you'll find you've been on zero all year. TC, I would take zero. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Kevin has had the biggest shocker of all. I had my chance. Pied Piper was the one that was going to get me out of the hole, and Davy Russell. Um, yeah, so that, that anyway, that was summed up, summed up my national hunt season from a Naps point of view. But to get the flat season off to a rattler, um, I'm going to go for Atrium. No better way to start the flat season than by having the Lincoln winner, Vanessa. Love it. Okay, well, we're taking each other on then, but that's happy days. Uh, yeah, win, on, win only as well. None of this yeah. messing. No messing around. Uh, that about wraps up the show, guys. Thank you to you guys, as always, viewers, listeners out there. You're a joy. Thank you very much for tuning in. Have a good weekend. Gamble responsibly. Don't forget Bet 10, Get 10 offer. Get stuck into the multiples if you like to, but do it responsibly. And join us again on Monday where we'll be back with Aiden. <laughs>